0: Hi. Hello. Um, And welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise,
1: Praise him.
0: him! Hey! Oh! Match me! Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Needs work. My instinct was to say David Cooney. Who's David Cooney? <laughs> he played Elvis as the Elvis alternate in Elvis, The Musical Revolution. Oh, you love David Cooney! <laughs> you love David but, yeah. Cooney so much. But that's just my mind at work. But <laughs> <When> I- <laughs> <laughs> work it might be a strong term. Uh, and welcome, everybody, to not only the the latest episode of The Midsummery, mm. but the last episode of The Midsummery of this year. year. That's true. Very exciting. Unless something really unexpected happens. Like, we are forced at gunpoint to see a bunch more shows for Midsummer that they decide to do now that the festival's closed. Yes, if some sort of groundhog demands that there be more summer. <gasps> don't, there's a groundhog in Melbourne at the moment. Oh, God, don't say things like that. At the Princess Theatre, no Oh, less. that's tr- Oh, God, no, this is only to sound like sponsored content. I would love to see that show So if you are listening And you're from that show And you have the power To give me tickets Do it baby Powerful work there James Thanks very much (laughs) Two for Flynn and I Um, So anywho You're just going to take A stranger to the theatre That's fun for you My partner Flynn We've been together For three years Okay good on you It's Valentine's Day tomorrow (laughs) Do you know that? No and it saddens me that I didn't <laughs> Oh Do you want to talk about, We'll talk about this after the introduction What shows are we talking about today in this final episode Have of, I not done that yet? No, oh my in God. this final, um, episode also, final episode of The Midsummer. Final <laughs> episode of The Midsummer. woo, we made it um, We're going to be talking about Fish Amethyst By Calipidian Blue Circle And Rough Trade By Outcast Theatre <laughs> so Let's talk about Valentine's Day After the music you, dokie! How's it going? Uh, great. <laughs> Who are you talking to? You. Okay, yeah, no, I'm good. It was just a very weird way of intro- introducing us. It's my new vibe. Us. What do you yeah. mean, us? <laughs> to the world. <laughs> it's time we told everyone. Told them what? We're getting surgically turned into Siamese twins! Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a premise for a show. I suppose. Uh, yeah, well, I guess Stuck on You wasn't a bad movie. I never saw it. Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon are conjoined twins. Greg Kinnear? Who's that? Greg Kinnear. Who's that? He was... What has he done? He really mattered for a second and then he really disappeared. He's in a similar ballpark to like a Jeff Daniels predicament. So you could say he's now Greg Kaffar. He was the love interest in Baby Mama. (laughs) Tina Fey dated him in Baby Mama. I feel like the way that you just said (laughs) Baby Mama may already suggest that I don't know what that is. (laughs) It was Tina Fey and she was getting Amy Poehler to carry her child. No, None of the string it. spells. No, not anyway. at all. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um how we shared did... a liver. <laughs> did they? Oh. <laughs> they did. <laughs> <laughs> what were they doing with my liver, baby? Oh uh, yeah. Um that's share. Mm. Uh, sh- sharing a liver they... is when you Yeah. Is when what? I don't know, I guess it would be when you like play like a liver, a bunch of share songs? To like share the liver? Oh sure. Okay, so to share no, share. Any... Thank you. So mm. to share anybody is to just douse them with the work of I Cher. I guess imbue them with the, the spirituality and essence of Cher. Okay, so you could, like, share a sangria if you, like, submerged Cher's hand in it for an hour. Oh, absolutely. So, oh, God, yeah. They, uh... Oh, recent... Cher, you should sell that. I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd buy your bathwater. Um, So how have your last few days been, James? Fine! In these, the final days of the Midsummer. The waning hours of the Midsummer Festival. Sure. Um, I've been totally fine. uh, We've just been singing more theatre, and I'm mostly just working, to be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. I've got nothing exciting. I wish I had more exciting stuff to tell you. Uh, On the way here, I was listening to Rent, the Broadway cast recording. Okay. Um, What brought that on? Us singing... um, Got to, got to, got to, got to find a way. Oh yes, to to the jump dreadful protest over song. The moon. Yes. It's actually a really good song. Uh-huh. Um, and then I listened to which was so good in the Wesley production. Shocking no oh, one, it was really well I'm done. I'm still really sad I wasn't here for that episode. Everyone should be like sad that they didn't get to see that production. But let's continue. I'll get lost in it. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't. We can't get swept away by the Wesley joy of it all. I'll start to cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because you're weak. Yes. Um. you know, I was listening to that, and also. Uh-oh. Tonight Sure uh, 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 ow Is a great song Okay Was this the movie version No or the, the movie's fine But no It was the original Broadway We used to listen to the Original Broadway uh, Cast recording Growing up When I was like a kid Mum mm. and dad loved it They had um, There was like a Double CD set that it came with and it had like all the words on a little one of those inserts in the front of the CD set mm-hmm. and um, I learned all the words to all the songs yeah so you just sat there on your knees staring at the speaker singing along yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I distinctly remember my sisters Kate, Sam and I were always sort of like trying to piece together what the story was behind the actual songs because we didn't know mm-hmm. and obviously mum and dad couldn't share with us all the Stories. But the aids of it all. The aids of it all! And also, they didn't quite know how to explain who Angel was. So, you know. Um, so, we just sort of pieced together bits and pieces. And I remember thinking that there's a part where, um, you know what? We'll talk about this when we eventually see rent that's coming to the arts festival, um, to the arts centre. Um, Okay you want to Save the plot of Rent For when we see Rent I think so yeah Sure I've recently been Like in the last Couple of days Listening to like Pieces of Because I've never Sat down and like Devoted much time To the entire thing Just to like Songs here and there Mm. Of that like Somewhat recent Production of Oklahoma That happened on Broadway Are you talking about Like the stripped back one The stripped back Like edgy cool one Yes Yes With that like Really talented blonde girl That was in Glee From the Glee project In the wheelchair Yes Ally something I think her name is Was it McBeal Uh, I wish Oh my god (laughs) If block up reprised her role as Elizabeth Beale in a production of Oklahoma James That's so many things I like on top of so each other your eyes light up more um, than I've seen in the past few weeks my god as long as Jane Krakowski comes as well
1: oh my god oh Jane my
0: Krakowski god. in anything oh my god she's in something that's coming out soon doesn't matter go on mm. um but yeah I was listening to that and I think one of the sexiest songs I've ever heard is I th- His name is something like Darren Drown or something. Okay. <laughs> or like Darby Donk. It's something. <laughs> well, the it's... name's Darby. <laughs> Darby. Darby Donk. Donk. <laughs> um, but yes, he's, I don't know what character he is. I don't know Oklahoma very well. I just know that it really changed everything for musical theatre. Yeah, why did it change everything for musical theatre? Because it was the first integrated musical. It was the first time that Was music- it? Yeah, I... F- feel like that's an important thing I should know that I did not know. Yeah, Rodgers and Hammerstein really changed everything. Wow, well, okay. For musical theatre and for <laughs> Jake's everywhere. Because <laughs> the sound of music was my third parent. <laughs> um, <laughs> Arguably your first. <laughs> um, but yes, because it was integrated in the sense of like the, I, I know you probably know this already, but it was the first musical where the songs progressed to the plot. Like it wasn't just a thing where the plot would kind of occur and then a song at random would happen. It was like things in the songs yes. would have to do with the story. Oh, okay, yes, no, I did not know that Sure, and that was the first time that happened That's just a really big musical theatre factoid history lesson for everybody Yeah, that feels important Yeah, um, yeah, Oklahoma was the first one But, uh, what's the hot song? The hot song is called Surrey with the Fringe on Top And you need to listen to this version of the song Because it is, like, truly so sexy Can you give us, like, a simple rendition of what it is? Oh! And I say simple, (laughs) Because I'm Couldn't possibly do anything more But it's this like You know there's a really handsome Like Aaron Tavit has this Like a really handsome Musical theatre voice Oh yeah My god It's just strong It's just like strong But even like It's like quite baritone And it's just like There's like icing sugar in it Like there's just something about it Where it's just like Kind of Like my voice In that they are both voices. (laughs) Yeah. There is Ah! that. See? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The overlap is that they both come from mouths. Yes, Mm. but this man has such a handsome voice, but the song, it's like he's describing, like, I understand a surrey to be kind of like a like a carriage that gets pulled by horses mm-hmm. and he's sort of singing about wanting to take this person on a date in this surrey oh. but it's just like the way that he sings about it and like there's just something very like thrusty about the rendition of the, the, the song Is the implication of the song that he wants to have sex with this person in the surrey? But I don't know but I think it's just I don't think it's meant to be like clever entendre I think the sense is just like the director or someone is just like, Okay, now sing the song as if you wanna fuck someone to death, you know, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because there's even Set this part more Oh, but there's this part that it even gets to where it's like you think he's done, you think he's done pounding you with this song, and then it like stops for a second and then the song comes back in and it's like
1: Dum, dum, oh dum, dum. It's
0: like, oh my god <laughs> Jesus I Back know. for round two baby. I was really taken aback by it And I really recommend it To anybody that wants Like a horny Broadway time <laughs> I always want a horny Broadway time <laughs> That's why I like Jane Krakowski Because she provides A horny Broadway time I feel like she has Horny energy always Her performance in Nine Like I've only seen That one video of her Doing the call from the Vatican Oh but, yes That's another horny no, I've Broadway seen that. experience that's a, that's a horny Broadway Oh my experience. god Yeah yep. no. You know what else is coming out That's uh, vaguely related to Broadway What Weird can! Oh, sure, yes. You, no. did you see the trailer? Um, no, I just I just saw that video we talked about of Ash. Um, yeah, Ash Hastings talking to all those people that lined up for wicked tickets. No, no, baby, not the theater show. Mm. The movie. Oh, yeah, oh, sure. The Ariana Grande, Yes. Yeah, Ariana Cynthia Grande, Arrivo Cynthia Erivo, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, mm. Michelle Yeoh, and I'm pretty sure Bowen Yang. Okay. I'm I'm excited. Why? I just think it's I just I love musical movies. I do. Mhm. I hope it's good. That's sure. all I have to say I thought I think, we'd have more To say about this Oh sure No I have feelings about it But I'm just gonna like I guess I'm gonna wait Until the movie comes out I'm not that excited about it I think that, Are they sure. still cutting it up Into like two pieces I don't know I don't know Didn't say That was, that say was, that was the initial one. Now. Well, It they, just says Wicked Sure. Well, the first announcement was that was going to be two movies. Oh, I, I don't know, know that. if that was just like to drum up conversation around it, but that's what they said. I don't yeah. know. And then they released, I think, in the last couple of days, they released that like screen grab of one of the scenes of her floating in the bubble and people are having this big conversation about why the like color grading makes everything look really desaturated, and people are like, I don't know, disappointed by the way that it looks. Based on I it. haven't heard the discourse, but it looks not desaturated at all in the trailer. Okay, sure. Looks, yeah, looks beautifully coloured in the talent. Um, sure, I but again, yeah, I just don't care about Wicked. I think it's a crappy musical. Same. Yes, yeah. I, I, but it looks like a glitzy, fun movie. Sure, okay, yeah, glitz is fine. Glitz but is yeah, fine. I just wish it were a better musical, especially because it's like it's about to, you know, we're about to be burdened with it in Melbourne. So I'd, oh I'd like God, to be yeah. able to, like, I don't know, I don't know. If I end up seeing it, um, I'd like to go in with a bit more optimism. I just think the material's a bit lacking. I just, I'm always so shocked. I've seen it a few times on stage, and I'm always so shocked by how dull Act One is. Sure, because Act One is mostly just like catching us up on where we should be now. What isn't like mostly like here's like beats from like her early life to get us up to date with what's going on right now. Is in that the life what... of Alphabet, yeah. Um, oh, we get a bit of the backstory of yeah. Her I mother. have only seen the ones. Okay, sure. Yeah, you get a bit of bit of the backstory. I don't know if it's in Act One, but the backstory of like the, the traveling salesman that feeds uh, her the green goo. Drink. Yes. Madlackad lady, I go on my night just here in town. Sure. Yeah. I know the songs. Sure. I'm done talking about Wicked. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. But enough about Wicked. <laughs> um What has your last few days been like, Jake? You tell me what's going on in your life. Uh, no No, nothing no, no nothing nothing world ending. No, had a friend's like birthday house party thing that was super lovely. It was really nice to get to spend. The sort of thing where it's like I recently I've just like come into contact with it, like a bunch of people. Um, that are sort of connected To this person Kind of socially a bit And have like You know become pals With a few people It was nice to sort of Get to actually like Sit down and spend Like a bunch of You know dense Conversation time Talking to a few people That I for a while Wanted to talk to at a, You know in a more Extended what way So that's nice What a successful House party by <laughs> I suppose so Yeah Yeah It was Because those nice. things Can be devastatingly bad Absolutely Yeah it's why I tend not to be at them Yeah mm. um, But no they were wonderful And then twice In the last fortnight I have like Ridden home on one of those Death scooters Jake What? Why what? are you doing that? Yeah, no, you sound like me two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. Oh, it was only because both times it was like three in the morning, so there was like no traffic around. Okay. And I was like, you know what, Jake, Believe in yourself. The amount of people that are in the emergency room at the hospital I work at because they are falling off those scooters or colliding into people with those scooters. Yes. Yeah. Un. It's unreasonable. Oh my god, it's insane. No beautiful British Johnny takes those scooters everywhere, and every time he does it, I'm like, Johnny, I'm so glad you aren't dead. But one of these days, you're gonna be. He's gonna be dead. Yes. Yep. No, it's crazy that they're just like around. And like, yes. I didn't realize that like when you do them, I don't know if this is the like case with all of them, but like one of the first things you have to do when you like scan them on your phone to start riding one of them, you have to do that test where it's like when this little little hand pops up, you have to click it so we know that your reaction speeds are okay. Yeah, and it's like I can do that. That doesn't mean that I can drive a no, scooter. No, I feel like if that's the test, I shouldn't be riding the scooter. You should have seen me for the first like two and a half minutes on one of those things. It's like that was a steep learning curve. For I mean, old also Jake. you are a large man. Mm-hmm. So, on one of those little scooters, it would have almost been comical. Right? My feet barely fit upon the little platform. You had to use two of them like shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I suppose out of five stars, I'll give my week. Let's go with like 18 stars because I think that's pretty much how many dollars it cost me to get home from, like was it, like that Fitzroy? Which is pretty good value. On, on one of the, Uber, on one of the Uber, like, Uber scooter things. The green scooter things. $18? God, that seems like a lot, doesn't it? Uh, it's less than an Uber would be. Yeah, But yeah. also you get the thrill of the adventure. I did feel very accomplished afterwards. And honestly, on the second time that I did the scooter home, it cuts off before I get to my, like, little, like, to my goddamn house. Yeah. Because it cuts off because it's one of the forbidden zones. But those green bicycles aren't forbidden. So then I also got a bicycle. I felt like the evil witch at the start of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> the Wizard of Oz references. Um, did yeah, you... That's the thing about homosexuals. <laughs> Any chance we Friends can get... of Duh, I, I felt like I'd stolen a really irritating dog. Did you... So Oh, hang on, you scooted and then you got on a bike after the scooter stopped. Scooted, the scooter died, and then I stole Toto, and then bicycled home. And what would you rate your little last couple of days? Uh, well, evil, wicked, wicked witch of the west? She's not the witch yet, she's just a woman with a bad hat and a bad attitude. Yep, okay. Yes. (laughs) Some would call her a boss. A boss. She knew what she wanted. Yeah. She wanted that dog to She's a girl boss. I'm not super clear on why she wanted that dog to die so badly. Uh, because she wanted to get the pretty... Get, get you, my pretty, and I think she just wanted to get the little dog to a pure, like, I want to destroy everything about you. Uh-huh. You know? Like, when you dominate someone sexually, you want to do it entirely. Right, okay, and that's what you think her turning into the witch later on is about? It's her owning her sexual power? I mean, if you want to do, like, a modern reading of the show, yeah. Oh, sure. Much like Wicked is attempting to do in its desaturated bubble way. It's not desaturated. You know, I'm not getting into this with you. I'm not getting into this with you. We're mm-hmm. not fighting about Wicked. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let Wicked tear us apart. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it doesn't take much to tear us apart. <laughs> I'm going to give my last few days... Oh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, uh. One, two, three, four, five. Five stars, because that's how many uh, uh, are in that little bit of um, out tonight from Rent. And I really like that bit of Rent. In which part? Um, out tonight. Oh, uh, ah, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh. Uh. She does like a little... Oh. Uh thing and I really like that part. A series of, of high pitched moans. Yeah, she's very sexual. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. Do you want to talk about some theatre? Let's do it for the last time this midsummer. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um I went to see a show again with our dear friend Georgie Potter I know her from friendship You know her from Yeah our lives Uh, But yeah So we went along To the Bluestone Arts uh, Centre Bluestone Church Bluestone (laughs) Church Thank you very much Uh, In Footscray Mm -hmm. uh, Which we know well And we love Uh, And saw Fish Amethyst Uh huh Yep Which is a show uh, Presented by the Callipidgian Blue Circle Uh huh Yeah Now, this is one of those shows, and I want to say quickly, I had a very quintessential Jake Stewart moment for this show. Uh Uh-huh. In that, Jake, can you guess what I mean by that? That everyone applauded you for being so smart and handsome when you entered. Is that what you're describing? No, that would be a Michaela from Rouge the Circus moment. Not a Jake Stewart moment. I had no idea what was going on in this show. Oh, that's that's a Jake Stewart moment. That's okay. like three times you've you've seen a show and not understood what was going on. Forgive me for not wanting it to be a trend that we call that. Continue. Well, I Stewart's it all over the place. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's also one of those shows where, on reflection, trying to find like do some digging into like the creative team behind it and all sorts of things. There's very little information out there. It's <laughs> it's, it's it, in almost I have to believe in a in a uh, pointed way, in like a way that's been curated to be very vague. It's, like, they've got an Instagram that has one post uh, with two followers. Ooh. And s- s- they follow, like, seven people. What? Uh, the production company? The production... The, the Calipedian Blue Circle. Cool. Um, and one of the things they follow is, like, a podcast on aliens and the truth out there in, like, it seems like a conspiracy theory. Fantastic. Like, yeah, it's got, like, really cool vibes of, like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> mm. um, anywho, um, so we went in... That's what I would want in, like, a person I was meeting off Tinder or something one post on their instagram and following a random smattering of intriguing people. Yeah. You, I'd date this show. You would get murdered so quickly. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> oh no, we're not going to unpack that. Moving on. So, um we walk in and you you for dear listener if you've seen the Blue Stone Church, it's it's just that it's a church and you walk <laughs> in, don't. Ah, nothing. Be nice. And you walk <laughs> in and it's <laughs> this huge high-vaulted ceiling with like a very traditional like church shape. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. In that, the back wall of the space is this tall uh, wall that sort of gets narrower to the top, with a big arch over the door. There's a little door in the back, and uh, on what? the top of it, the- I can hear you <laughs> no, wanting just- to laugh. No, I'm just giggling along to your architectural description. <laughs> it's hard to describe a church. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and above uh, in this archway above the door, they have projected Mexican fighting fish. This is part of the show. This is, this is part of the show. It's set up. For the, this is no, no longer, <laughs> you know, modern churches. Uh, this is part of the show. They projected this Mexican fighting fish that is swimming around, which is just the most beautiful visual. Mm. Um, in this space because you couldn't see where the projection ends, so it sort of blends directly into the wall. And the just- Mexican fighting fish look like menacing prawns. Uh, in my head that's how they look But my head isn't where facts live <laughs> Famously <laughs> no, I guess if you look at like prawns And like put them in really colourful little dresses Ooh Yeah they're, they're like they're the ones that are like swimming around They have to be kept in separate tanks Because they'll kill each other mm-hmm. And they're swimming around And they always have like really long Beautiful brightly coloured bits draping off them Okay I think they're Mexican fighting fish They look like Mexican fighting fish mm-hmm. Anywho uh, So that's on the wall uh, And then in the middle They have this almost like sarcophagus looking Contraption standing upright on this uh, little uh, rostrum mm-hmm. in the middle of the space, and around that—is is... that like the sort of thing that like Dracula would come out of? Very much so. Like, or like Frankenstein would come out of like a coffin like this. Okay, you know, um, and it's sort of like it's dressed up in like all these crazy, erratic colours, and then around it they have like in groups of two and three and some fours, just randomly placed chairs for people to sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very like. Bizarre layout for the audience to sort of walk in and sort of interact directly with the space and then sit down. Um, and then at the back they also have like a like a, a table covered in props and things that sort of hints as to what's going to happen in the show. Uh, so George and I sit down, mm-hmm. ready to be hit by whatever this show is going to be. Uh, we're then presented with an hour of. I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna tell you what I know happened in this show. Okay. <laughs> The, the there are three people, three three the, the the cast of three. Uh we've got uh Georgina McLaren, Isabella Gilbert, and I'm fairly certain John V. Jenkin. And I say fairly certain because again, I cannot find these people on any social media apart from Isabella and Georgina. Okay. And I can't tell if it's John Pardon me. John Jenkin or if it's Chris Molyneux who's also listed as a creative. Okay. Playing this third character. So for the purpose of of this podcast. Uh-huh. And from the deductions I've done, I'm fairly certain it's John V. Jenkin. Okay. <laughs> That's good enough for me! <laughs> this is how, like, elusive the show is. I can't find any other information. There's, like, one postcard's worth of, like, information on the show, and, like, a bunch of people listed, but it doesn't say who they are or what they did. Okie dokie. So, bear with me. Okay. Ah! <laughs> That's your line. That's You usually love that joke. <laughs> I... Are you disappointed that I don't know who these people are? It's not disappointment. Maybe it is disappointment. I think it's not in you. I think I'm just hungry for facts. You know, I'm ravenous for facts. And as the show goes on, I get more and more hungry. In, in, so for and, facts, for facts, okay. And, and food. You know, I'm a human. But also, as I will point out, I think it's. I, th- I I have to believe it's intentional. So the show, from what I can tell, we are sitting there, and then these three figures come out. Uh, Georgina is playing the captain, and Isabella and John are uh, playing the ensigns of this. Sorry, en- you said ensign. Ensign. Is that like a word you know? E n s i n g s i g n ensign. It's like um uh, like a oh, not second in command, but like a, a lieutenant or like. Uh, is this is a maritime term. It is. It is ensign. 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 Yeah, and they say this word in the show. They do ensign. Ensign. They say it in the show. Okay. It's a real real word. I you believe you. Up. You can look it up. Uh, and we are uh, made aware that these three people, these three figures, are. Uh, interdimensional beings oh, uh, and they are they are they're taking us on a journey through time space and dimensions oh uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure why okay and then at some point it's also available. well if you could why wouldn't you well I, I <laughs> that's all the why I need <laughs> And that's why Jake was murdered on a Tinder date with a show. (laughs) (laughs) If I could travel through time, space, and dimensions, you can bet I'd do it. (laughs) That's the premise of Doctor Who. Just people going, yeah, I'll go. Oh, don't make it nerdy. (laughs) Jake, it's a show about interdimensional beings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they're dressed in these fabulous costumes that are sort of like um, inspired by, I guess, like Babylonic and like, um, uh, uh, what's the term? Mycenaean sort of ancient cultures. Mm -hmm. Because they've always been around and they've always been influencing humans? Mm. Uh, and then they point out that we are batteries in the ship. The humans are. The we, Like you and Georgie are batteries. We're batteries in the ship. Yep. Uh, there's a point where they sort of, uh, mention that, that, there's a planet that had fish on it that was removed from the 12th and the 8th dimension and stuck somewhere between there. And then, uh, we... Between the 12th and 8th dimension. Between the 8th and 12th dimension, yeah. Okay. It's stuck there. Um, and, uh, I think that's where the fish comes from, but I'm not sure. The fish from the titular fish. Fish amethyst, yeah. Okay. And, the, and so, the, like, the, I, I could, um, this is the description of what I, this is what I wrote down after the show, like immediately after the show, so I could try and remember what this was about. Okay. There's a ship, we're on the ship, all we're batteries, extra dimensional beings are there, and they convey to us that we could never understand what is going on, and then I proceeded not to understand what is going on. Okay. There's a planet with fish in the wrong dimension. That's oh. all I know about the show. Okay. Um... So I'm going to list some of the things that I, that happened, that I saw, that I liked. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. In terms of plot beyond that... Did you pick up on anything that, like, developed or changed or shifted? Was there a goal you could find? No, no goal. I know at one point they mentioned that the interdimensional beings they are. And again, at the start they sort of pointed out that we aren't meant to understand any of what they're saying or doing. That's great, more shows should do that. Well, (laughs) absolutely. It it, it covers a lot of bases. Um, Because, you know, they're interdimensional beings. There's no way we could possibly comprehend. Mm -hmm. Which is why I have to believe that a lot of... Because it is purposefully... A lot of the stuff they're saying is purposefully... Uh, confusing and elaborate and weird, and it's all like Planet Glakglon from the seventy-fourth dimension, where they see the color green cannot be brought. to... It's all like shit like that. Sure. So it's like there's no way you can possibly keep up with it, even if we did a sort of have a better understanding of what was going on. It's intergalactic dadaism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, intergal inter intergalactic dadaism. <laughs> intergalactic dada. My mind is just making me want to talk about art pop. I Oh, I love that album. It's such a good album. Um such a good album. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anywho, uh, so Fish Amethyst is one of the things that they sort of keep saying throughout the show. Because these three beings have, have a very like... Is that like hello to them? It's sort of. Sort of. Oh, cool. It's sort of like <laughs> Savat is to the French. It's a very like... Because the, their entire premise of... The, what, I say the entire premise. Their culture seems to be very much... Spiritual in their technology, like it, it's very like they're obviously very technologically advanced, and they keep talking about like uh, there's a lot of like wordplay going on with like I don't know, I don't know. The more and more I try and talk about the show, I'm having this experience where I realize I still have no idea what happened. And what are they physically doing around? So here? they're physically moving around. They say fish amethyst a lot in like a, a way of reverence. It's like fish. Amethyst Fun Yeah fun <laughs> um, And the the way they sort of uh, Use their technology And that big sarcophagus thing Is like uh, It plays multiple parts Of the ship for them Okay um, Is they sort of um, Have to align with crystals And they have to uh, Align with chakras And they have to sort of Get it It's sort of like What I imagine Someone at uh, the, uh, What's that festival Burning Man mm. Would imagine a spaceship Would be Okay um, So Let's talk about The people in the show mm-hmm. <laughs> Georgina McLaren Plays, plays the captain Um, And is this really, like, throughout the show, is probably the most grounded of all the characters and um, is constantly reprimanding the two ensigns who are with them. So um, Isabella Gilbert and John V. Jenkin play the uh, ensigns. And straight away, Isabella is this insanely wonderful... And gorgeous energy to watch on stage. Because they're walking out and amongst the audience for a lot of the show. Mm. In between all the chairs. Because there's no uh, banked seating. It's all just random collections of chairs. Yeah, exactly. So they're able to sort of move between us. And the fact that during anyone else's moments, my eyes would often be drawn just to see what Isabella's up to. Mm -hmm. And even just the way that Isabella would like touch a wall or make eye contact with someone in the audience... Or just sort of hold themselves in such high regard as the ensign of this ship. Just really made me laugh. Mm. I just thought it was so charming. And it's the same with John V. Jenkins. Taking themselves very seriously as the ensign of this ship. Achieving whatever the goal is. uh, You could sort of watch these two. And believe that they were there to really achieve that goal with all of their life or lives. I'm not sure how it worked for them. Mm -hmm. um, Because of their interdimensional beingness. One moment that occurred throughout the show a few times that Georgie, Georgie and I absolutely cackled at was at the start of the show, the captain mentions that if you if you see the woman who makes the noises, you must have a thought or not have a thought. It was one of the things that happened. Okay. Uh, and then we met the woman who makes the noises. Mm-hmm. Jake, the woman who makes the noises mm-hmm. is someone with a hoodie over their face. Yep. Proje- on the projection. Being projected on the back... And it's them, like, anytime they need a sound effect, they get this person to, like, whack something with an inflatable hammer. Or like just go, bang! <laughs> so, anytime they need the ship to make a noise, we just see this regular-looking person in a, in a hoodie with red hair just go, ho! Oh! <laughs> or, wah! <laughs> um, which was just really funny. That's funny. And sort of, I think, added to the element of the show being just an incomprehensible sort of purposeful mess of, hmm. of confusing elements. Okay. Um, and so the woman who makes the noise shout out to you. Um, one other element to this show uh, is Claire Nichols who is another projection that appears on the show and multiple times the captain and then John V. Jenkin who is playing a lawyer at one point I know because they had the L written on their forehead uh, had to sort of for some reason talk to a factory representative about the batteries. And so Claire Nichols would pop up on this screen and sort of, to me, embodied the corporate representation of enlightenment. Which, and seemed to advise on how they could sort of gain this enlightenment and how they could coax the audience into gaining enlightenment. Um, And I just thought that Claire was a really funny and wonderful inclusion to this show and had this really fantastic energy of... Every corporate person you've ever seen trying to sell an idea to you but not really wanting to double down on anything. I just thought that she brought it to that um, projection. Sorry, what does that mean? I cor- don't know. A corporate person trying to sell you something but not wanting to double down on anything. Wanting to, like, sell you something without, like, making any, like, concrete promises. Because okay. they know that they can't, they can't support them. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a, this show was kind of an out-of-body experience in that the whole way through... I, I, I was trying to remember what was happening so I could talk about it later and I just could not retain the information. It was like your experience with Peter Pan tries to shoot you in the face. I, I couldn't keep it in because it would just whiplash into one thing and whiplash into the next thing and the, then afterwards trying to like research this show and find more information it, it felt like they had purposefully made it impossible to find out any information about this show which I hope was intentional because this show will stick with me as like a weird sort of black hole of a theatrical experience in that I will never be able to distinctly remember what happened in this show Uh, and that experience in itself is one that I never thought I would have with theatre but here I am talking about it Um, because you've had a few Jake Stewart experiences of not knowing what's happening in a show, have you ever had any where it's been the entire show you've not been able to comprehend a single thing or has it been like Certain elements of the plot and certain elements of of what's going on on stage. Because I mean it. I could not tell you a single thing that happened to this show. Yeah, no, this black hole style of, yeah, inability to comprehend something or this sense that, like, you're almost gripping onto what's going on but then it slips through your fingers. Mm. Like, that's not a thing that comes to mind immediately. I mean, of course, it also sounds like a sort of theatrical experience that would fall out of my head after a month. So I I can't draw up an anecdote right now. Uh But no, I think the ones that have come to mind are the ones that we've... Like discussed on this podcast I think are more to do with shows Where elements of the narrative Kind of elude me Or Or it seems as if Yeah it seems to be shows That lean in a more absurdist direction Or just yep. in a direction where Yeah it's I don't know I don't know it, It's intentionally obscure or yep. Or abstract in a way That keeps you As the show may be doing too Um, The way you describe it Makes it seem like It's very likely a deliberate Like dramaturgical choice To kind of keep The audience at a distance so far as to alienate them from the purpose of the character action inside of it. Mm. Um, no, so nothing nothing mm. leaks out to me. Yeah, I, I hope intentional. Because intentional or not, this show did sort of manage to convey to me, in a, in like a, a way I think only theatre can, uh, this sort of whiplash of trying to comprehend beings beyond my ability. Mm. And it did really make me feel... On reflection, I was talking um, to my friend about it. I just, It made me feel like... These people, these pe- I can't possibly ever understand what they're trying to convey to me. Mm. Um, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's a <laughs> thought that's just occurred to me now. Maybe that's like trying to explain queerness to someone who just can't possibly comprehend queerness. Mm-hmm. Like Maybe that's an element of it. And I think I will be trying to come up with reasons for... What that was about For a while Sure Which I think is an exciting Theatrical experience To have like a homework To do afterwards Which is something That you have said mm-hmm. and to sort of try, try and pick it apart And figure out What was going on In my own brain I'm quite excited to do And I think it will be For a while Sure yeah The way that that sort of thing Can linger in your mind In the sense of like That lizard brain thing Of us always wanting To try to make meaning Out of things And that being a way yeah. That this show Has maintained its You know Place in your in your mind As it has Sure And just like To double back quickly On a thing that you just said And trying to get to the You know I don't know cut your way in to try to understand what the artist's intention was. I suppose as well, like a lot of what the point of this podcast is and the conversations mm. we try to have is kind of about rendering irrelevant almost the intention of the artist and more so focusing on what it is that the show did to us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. So I think and yeah. so for that reason, I think rather than walking down the path of trying to work out what the artists were intending, I'd say there's something interesting too in the other direction of that that beginning of that thought, the idea of like imagining if you were to enter into a creative process and wanted to make a show that would make a person feel like they were watching a show that they couldn't possibly understand. Mm. And where would you start? Is an interesting like thought experiment and artistic experiment. And then, I don't know, there's just something fun in like, yeah, hearing even just your mm. tell of the experience of watching a show that you feel like you, for whatever reason, assume that you have all the blocks you need to comprehend something humanly comprehensible, but mm. are left incapable of digesting it in a way that eventuates in some level of comprehension yes is an interesting thing almost irrespective of what the artist's goal was that as an audience member is an interest as it sounds like you are kind of like lost in the thought of Mm. for an audience member that's an engaging thing to go through as long as you're willing to enter into that type of audience experience yeah totally and I think yeah but oh one last thing (laughs) okay (laughs) my favourite part of the show okay was how the show ended how the show ended. ended. How the show ended. Okay. Uh, and again, I'm not exactly sure why, but at the end of the show, um, at the end of the show, Claire Nichols uh, appears on the screen again as the corporate entity that they are, uh, and tells the captain and the crew that they need to I the, tell the batteries to leave. Tell everyone that they need to leave right now, and that they can't applaud, and they need to leave immediately. And so then the other three turn around and start, like, shouting at us to get out. And so we're immediately just, like, rudely ushered out of this theatre onto the street. So after... <laughs> rudely. No, it is, it's truth. They're, like, going, get out! Look, go! And, like, snapping at us and clapping. Yeah. So what ends up happening is we have this baffling, like, confusing theatrical experience. And then immediately shoved out onto the street. Love it. <laughs> and so I had this bizarre experience of like being shoved out with the audience and there were like maybe 15 or 20, so like the, whatever it could it was, 15 or 20. And we were sort of shoved out into the courtyard at the front and all of us just, there's silence and everyone sort of looks at each other in this really baffled moment of what the fuck oh, is what is happening? Do we like, wait, are we meant to, is that, is that the end? And, and what happened? And what was that? And you can hear people sort of starting to have these conversations and it sort of bubbled up and built up like, it was like a slow boil of like people starting to have more confidently these conversations of what was that? What happened? What do you think happened? And you all got furious and then found a battering no, no it's, and broke back <laughs> into the church. No, it sounded more like people like being like, well, I think it was this. Well, I think it was this. Um, yeah. And it was just like a really nice moment that I don't think I've had with other shows because you, you know, usually have time with, like, the applause and the claps at the end and then slowly filtering out with each other to sort of, like, have those quiet chats and, like, to compute some of those first thoughts. But to have the first thoughts about a show immediately be in the cold light With, like, a bunch of other people who just saw that show. It was quite unique. So something that I've not not really experienced. That's interesting to think that depriving an audience of the type of potentially, like, arguably, like, that moment of possible catharsis that is provided by the applause experience. Mm. If you were to rid them of that and then sort of shunt them, I don't know, back into reality. Because of that lack of, again, if you're going to call applause some version of catharsis, do they need to... Expend that energy elsewhere And if you're just only going to give them yeah. the, the cold of summer And a bunch of strangers That went through the same thing Is it going to turn into conversation Naturally because of that craving Yeah well it, it did seem to It did It very much seemed Like people were having conversations And I don't know I just I wonder If we don't let people clap <laughs> Will they start to kiss <laughs> <laughs> No clap equally smooch <laughs> Or something else um to quote uh, this wonderful show, fish amethyst. <laughs> Hello James. Oh my god, hi, hi, Jay. I went to the Motley Bauhaus to see Rough Trade. God, we love our Motley Bauhaus, don't we? We do. Rough is spelled R-U-Double F. Oh, like a dog would say. Uh from my mind they say woof, but I guess they rough as well, don't Ruff. they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, solid argument, like yes. a dog, <laughs> um, or like one of those Elizabethan collars. Yes, I think it's named after the Elizabethan collar. I think. It's oh, that—that that is the pun. I think. Okay, great, because it's like set in that time period. Oh, sexy. Yeah. Um, Where everyone had dysentery, very sexy Yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yes, it's written and directed by Stephen Dawson Who runs Outcast Theatre Who i have spoken about before on this podcast And he was the guy that wrote and directed that show Where I played the ghost of a dead gay poet Yes (laughs) Yes. Your dream role, to be fair (laughs) Yes, yes. and so yeah, written by him And yeah, it's apparently his 60th play Jesus Play play he's written? Yeah Jesus Yeah, that's a lot of play How many would you say you've written? I... Oh, Not that I it's know. a competition. No, <laughs> I'll get him. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. So less wow. than that. Less but... than sixty. <laughs> um, but yes. But yeah. So the show itself, it's kind of like yeah, it's a quick pound through. I'd say it probably took maybe like fifty minutes to get while you laughed. Sorry, just a quick pound through. It's just like what a what a way to put it. Okay. <laughs> well, well, the show does. Start. So I went with Tall Canadian Man. Yes. And um, we sat in the front row. And it, sto- it started with, like, rigorous butt sex for a while. So oh, like, how do they do that? Well, so it's, like, there's... So it's the Motley Bar House downstairs, like, performance space. I'm the gonna, sex room. The, I'm not going to describe it again because people have heard us do it a number of times by this point. Yeah. You know the space. If you haven't seen it, go! <laughs> go there! It's nice. Um, But, yeah, so it's a, it's a space. It's sort of... It's got this, like, Because for the show itself, they've sort of, like, put up... These two little backdrop curtainy things, which is the first time that I've oh. seen the space be altered in that way before. So, like, which no is, brick wall? Uh, no, the brick wall was, yeah, obscured by these curtain backdrop ah, things. Lovely. And okay. then, sort of, in the middle, there's this little table. And then on that table, we see Matthew Newell being butt-sexed <laughs> by Liam O'Kane. Great. That's it. so <laughs> lucky, Liam. So, but yeah. So Matthew is facing us, bending over, and Liam is behind him, and the, it's like the thrusting goes for at least ten minutes. Which Wait, I th- Jake, you are really good at like exaggerating. So, do you genuinely mean ten minutes, or do you mean closer to two? No, I truly mean in a in a cold, objective, mathematical way, at least ten minutes oh of God. Liam being very impressive with that level of just like leg and core strength stamina. What? Liam, okay. I yeah. okay, <laughs> calm oh, it no down. It a... wow. <laughs> Ten minutes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that goes for a while. They have sort of like. Are they, are they doing anything else, or it's a? Having a conversation. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, having a conversation. It's kind of, like, it's like lively and flirty and funny. Um, and uh, and that's kind of where like all of the comedy kind of happens. Is like it's this very kind of like funny exchange, funny on its own, but then like the funniness is, is heightened by the fact of the absurdity of the thing that they're also undertaking while having this charming, like, quite lovely conversation. That's oh, happening. That, that is funny. That's something. Yeah. And remember as well, they're in like Elizabethan times. <laughs> oh, true. They're wearing. Sort of, Ruffs? They're wearing, like, those, like, very... <laughs> One of the... I think maybe the most handsome garment you can wear. Those, like, floofy, like, white shirts that, like... That, like, Prince Henry wears in Ever After. Do you mean, like, a hero shirt? Do I? Like, like, they're like, the sleeves floof out like they floof out, and they have like a like a like a fluffy neck bit, a ruffly and, bit, and yep, and like fluffy like sleeve bits. Yeah, and you would wear them under like an ornate vest or something. Yeah, and they're very much like what people, what um uh, uh the main sexy man in Pirates of Penzance would wear. I'd say so. Yes, yeah, I yes. think we're on the same page. Sure. That God, can... that is one of the most handsome things someone could wear. I agree oh, with you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's sort of quite, sorry to no, no, keep about it. hero shirts. They often have like a slip down the, f- like a, like a, like a, uh, what's a, what's a, like you know where you would have buttons on a shirt down the front of a polo, mm. but it's often just like a little like string tying it together. Oh, there's like chest laces. Yeah. Oh, that's like a corset for a man's Top of his chest <laughs> Sure <laughs> You sluts <laughs> Um Yeah So that's going on uh, So Matthew is playing Like a young prostitute what? And so we spend the show In his like Chamber <laughs> Like <laughs> the place where he Check is it, I don't think you can say that Well, Why not <laughs> You don't want to be in his chamber Liam was just there I'm talking architectural And you're uh, doing Fucking what? I don't know Innuendo Innuendo In your endo Ay yeah, yeah, Ay ay but yeah, that conversation's happening for a while. And then we sort of like establish the ins and outs of their kind of like the intricacies of their like surprisingly tender relationship that the two of them have. Mm. Um, and the way that Liam's character is almost doing Matthew a favour with this intercourse for a number of reasons okay. you know? like it's a really it's an, it develops to be sort of like an interesting unconventional relationship for two men to have when it's also kind of a transaction taking place yeah right is something as well and then towards the midpoint of the play Gabriel Partington comes in oh. um, and is playing someone that seems a little bit more regal um, and then he also ends up sort of like a turning point of the show is realising that he he has a lot of like dark history to him quack quack, quack, quack. Um, and and that is kind of like the instigating event towards some tragedy that really occurs um, and and that's that's kind of like the bulk of the content of the show I'd okay. say like that's, that's structurally a lot of what occurs and it was like it was I went into it thinking due to like the poster due to like the reputation of like some of the shows that I've seen from Outcast Theatre and of Stephen as well I had gone in expecting it to be kind of like a rollicking sweaty gay comedy but it really like beyond like the butt sex scene at the start like beyond that it was very like dark and broody quack quack, quack, quack. quack. And, um, quite severe. Like, it was very, like, the conversations that took place were very, like, melancholy and morose and desperate and, like, dirty. And uh, Were you in heaven? Uh, well, that's the thing. It was, like, it's not as if I wanted it to be, like, a frothy comedy. Um, but I was ready for one and then it wasn't that. And honestly, that, like, increased the extent to which I was, like, um, satisfied by what occurred. Wow. It was, like, I realised, and I said this to Stephen afterwards, who was there at the show, I was, like... I first off said that like one of the things that I really like about his writing is especially his capacity to be like quite loquacious, like just throw a lot of words at you. And for, for, yeah, for the, I don't know, his conversations oftentimes have the feeling of almost like a babbling brook. Like it's a, it's a lot of like delightful words in sequence. And Mm. it's like the conversation is well timed to the amount of time it takes to kind of like ingest the detail with which the emotions are analyzed and experienced Mm. in character and in audience, I think is a nice quality of his writing. Mm. And it had also been a while since I'd just seen a bunch of words, I don't know, at that pace. And a bunch of words that that dwelt on emotion the way that these ones did. Yeah, right. It was nice to get just like lost in some words again. Um, yeah. Well, you, you are, you naturally, I think, comprehend stuff very fast. Sure. So I think it, it, it not, because you often have to slow down just to record this podcast. Sure. And I think it, it's exciting for you, especially when you see work that is up to that sort of speed. Sure. Because you're like a speed listener Sure, sure, I suppose, yeah There's something about the mental mechanics of that Of like hearing words at the pace at which I'm accustomed to hearing them And maybe saying them You see, even that may have been a bit too fast for some people Sure, sure Sorry, everybody (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, but yeah, so that was also I think part of what was mentally soothing about it Was being like, yes, good, this is good I can Mm. keep up with this Yeah, good. Yeah And um, it keeps everything engaged in your brain at all times Yes, is one element of what it was Lovely And then two, just on top of that as well The three actors were just like really, really good (laughs) (laughs) Not to sound like a simpleton, but like, especially like in that space, them acting out what essentially felt like, you know, episode three of the second season of like an Elizabethan set gay drama. It was like, uh, wow, like they really sold it. Like, I just want to say like, especially Matthew, I just Mm. thought like him playing this like sweet young prostitute. I was just, he was like, he was really playing this role in like such like... As they all did In such like An earnest way mm. Like it was truly like The tragedy would hit him Like tragedy Ugh. And it was just like The things that mattered Really mattered Like it was acting In it's most like Traditional naturalistic sense Oh lovely Which again It had been a while since that Especially like you, I just I don't know I'm not used to seeing That type of performance In the Motley Bauhaus. No you No know? neither no. I'm used to sarcasm And glitz and glam And glitter and buffoonery And fisting And fisting. What? Both <laughs> of us have seen shows about That have fisting in them at the Motley Bauhaus recently Oh yes <laughs> Wait Sauna Boy Fisting Daddy, Fisty Pete <laughs> yes. yeah, Fisty Pete The character whose name is Fisty Pete Sorry I was thinking about Matthew And yes no you're right Fisting Thank you <laughs> I'm always right about fisting. Um, yeah um, so, so, so for Motley Bauhaus to, And also What a space for serious acting to take place To be like ushered into this little like dungeony room mm. And then to be sort of whisked on this emotional journey That's like where it's meant to happen Yeah It's a real additional challenge To, to, to overcome a space that does not lend itself To that type of performance mm. And then to nail it so hard It was really strange to be be like sitting up so close to this man delivering a performance that felt like it should be in like a fancy proscenium arch or something at the MTC sure that's a that's an option yeah for sure um but yeah but the three of them yeah there was so much delightfulness in the three of them because they were also like just like very I don't know quite different men too yeah. I want to say as well like I yeah met Liam in a foyer a couple of days ago too and he just in person is like such like a, like a like a charismatic delight And so mm. it was nice too To take this like Borderline stranger And then see what he was like On stage too, And certainly didn't disappoint Like it yeah. was just like Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm keen to see I, There's a show coming up And I'm excited to see him in um, And I'm sure he will just Continue to be, like, impress me Yeah I lovely think. Yeah no. What a nice amount of time To have a quick turnaround Of meeting someone And then seeing their work I think yeah. you should meet an artist And then get to see their stuff On show within a week And then you can determine Do we take this any further Or <laughs> You're talking about Hinge for artists Hinge for artists Yeah uh, but that's an app though, that would be an app, right? Yeah What do you mean, yep? <laughs> yeah, so it hooks you up to like meet them and then to like see some of their work Like it says, this is Jake, come and meet him for this date He also has a play on in a week Sure, so how would this, Like, does the app only operate Do you have to like be in a show in the upcoming month in order to be on the app? I guess if we want to be really strict about it, yeah I guess so Or maybe, um, yeah, no, I guess for the sake of literally d- being what we just discussed It would have to be so unless, you, what if maybe, it could be like? It could be like maybe Star Now, like that online casting website. Yeah. where It's like maybe they should start a dating, pro, like a date, like a Tinder, where it's like you on top of just having photos of yourself, you also have like your show reel and stuff. So if you're worried, like one of those people that can't date a person unless you think they're super talented. Oh God, yeah. You could you like lie. swipe through and be like, okay, so this is Jefferson, and now here is him doing a monologue from I don't know Macbeth. Yeah, and then I guess like maybe an added like bonus of the app could be like. If you like swipe, say you swipe on someone and they pop up, it could like come up with a little extra thing that says, Jake's doing a show tonight. And then you can like go along and see it. <laughs> sure. Should sure. we make this app? It's not. But I think that too, even like, then, I don't know, I guess my like terrified, too scared to watch Black Mirror mind goes in the direction of like, should there be an app that enables you to just see every fingerprint this person's left on the internet? I mean, those apps already exist. Do they? God, yes. For dating though, or for like the CIA to use? Uh For dating. Like, well, I mean, just simply by seeing someone, you can... Like, Jake, I could see you on a dating app, and then just go like, all right, Jake Stewart, look you up on Instagram, see you there. But that's Instagram. Look up on Facebook, see what you've done there. I understand Instagram and Facebook are accessible databases, but in terms of, like, you know... That's all stuff that you've chosen to put on there, so if... if But I'm thinking beyond. I'm thinking the stuff that you don't necessarily even know is on there, or, like, times that you were, like, mentioned in, like, a... a, I don't know, like, a local newspaper. I guess I'm going into this with the, the view of, like, if... You're on this app, you have chosen to put this information on there, and you have chosen to, like, say- But I'm thinking maybe you haven't chosen. So why would this- think is this, is this like in your Imagine head? if- like, imagine Is this it, spyware? No, I think it's closer to a Pokedex. I think it's like, if- Maybe it's like grinder, but it knows where the gays are, as opposed to the gays letting you know where they are. So what you're describing doesn't exist for us. That's why I'm pitching it, and not describing it to you as a thing do. Sure, I think I'm going back to, like, a more fun view of, like, a fun idea for a dating app? I think, app? as usual, I've gone past the fun and I'm on to fear. You've gone <laughs> to hunting gay people. No, I'm not hunting them! What you just described, it'll tell you where the gays are. Yes, and I'm saying it's a bad thing that the internet probably wants to make. Oh, okay, so I, I'm settling on, like, a fun, nice app that I want to make. And that's the difference between you and I. I think You're maybe. lost in the frothy fun of a gay dating utopia. Yeah. And I'm terrified because the internet might know all of our secrets and wants to tell them to you for seven ninety nine a month.
1: Anyway. Sorry, do you want to talk
0: more about Rough Trade? <laughs> no, I think that's most of the things that I wanted to say. Great, well, yeah. um, uh, start now, fun. reach yeah. out. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, yeah, Rough Trade was like a fun world to be inside of. And yeah, I liked the way the text washed over me. And it was just like three really impressive men. Um, oh, and as is so often the case with these things, I have one thing I forgot to oh say. For <laughs> okay. One tiny thing. Uh-huh. One teeny tiny thing. I just, I wanted to bring up, because I just found it to be so nice and just like a nice little language moment that when Matthew Newell playing his like, you know, like, like, a, I don't know, like a dirt covered British prostitute. <laughs> when he was saying poetry, he pronounced it poetry. Oh. and I just think it's nice to separate the sounds in poetry like that. Poetry In the way that it's I don't know Almost like a Like an undertaking Like it's almost like a I I don't know Like a blacksmithry Or something Like it's I don't know Poetry Like I don't know Haberdashery As an activity Yeah Poetry I don't know No I think that's a a Specific Jake thought It's a a wonderful thought to hear It stuck out to me Poetry Like laundry I don't know (laughs) It's something It has a D in it There's an example in Is there Because that would be Laundry so James, um. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> yes. that's the end of the midsummer. That's the end, well for this year. That's yes. the end of the midsummer for this year. Yeah, we midsummarised. I can't believe we mid-summarise. I mean, did. I can believe we did it. We did. Um, do you have what, what? 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 have you learned this midsummer experience, Jake? Jake mm. <laughs> Um What have I learned? Uh, no, I guess a lot of my epiphanies like, are built around the ropes. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a big one for you. I my think ro- that is your big takeaway this year. I think so, as much as, yeah, I got a bunch out of the art as well, from both the art that you've described and the art that I mm. got to see too. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like, the most personal stuff, it'd be like rope-related. And yeah, and a few of the shows that have kind of spoken to the themes surrounding my rope experience, that of kind of like exploring one's inner boundaries and inner cravings and... And body occupancy, I think, are the major things. Yeah. So, God, what a fantastic thing to walk away with. I think... Um, Benny, what about you? Oh, uh... I learnt how good it can feel to have, like, a real solid cry after seeing theatre that makes you sad. Because mm-hmm. I've never had that experience. Like, a real, like, bone-shaking, having-to-catch-my-breath solid cry after right. the inheritance oh I thought you were gonna say fish amethyst fish amethyst ah oh, no. oh, I just wish <laughs> what were they doing um sure yeah no um I th- that that is an experience that I think I'll carry with me for always um and especially for it to be like a two-part show that was like engaging the entire the whole thing was just fantastic and then yeah on top of that I've seen a bunch of shows this midsummer that I've really resonated with and really connected with and this time I've taken a bunch of people with me to see these shows which is not something I always do mm. I often forget to do that and go alone and so these festivals can sometimes be quite a lonely affair but this has been really fun and bringing like you know Georgie, Flynn my mother all all other sorts of people it's been great mm-hmm. it's been really really great yeah and it just makes me more excited to see more theatre with more people mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it was also like something that stuck out as well like even just like the, the the broad spectrum of things that people want to say about the queer experience as well Like really it felt like very few of the shows had much overlap in terms of like their specific kind of like devoted subject matter Yeah, you know? yeah I guess you're right Um, And it was also equally exciting I'd say too The thing of like, oh there are things bubbling up that it, it seems like a few people really have on their minds Like the, the, the motif we found with marriage Marriage, thing yes That came up a few times was just one example of that. Another example of Harry Potter being a reoccurring theme. How many different Harry Potter things happened in this mid season? No, it's been overall in life. Oh, sure, yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's good to add another string to that bow. Um great. Okay. So I guess yeah. yeah, cool. Uh so we will continue to do regular Praise Dionysus episodes Praise him. from now. Yes. Praise him. Yeah. Um back to, to back to regular theater with no yeah. specific sexual orientation. Yeah, and good but, for it. <laughs> we shouldn't force it into a box. No, no, that's the thing, boxes are limiting, you know, as we learned from what was called? The one about the siblings oh, oh, painting oh, the oh, house. Um, it's um, all about Jones. this, all about you. That One of them ones. One of them ones, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> don't force yep. people into boxes. No, because they might not like the box you've put them in. And also, don't mind painting a house. D- that's James's little that's addendum. Yes. He doesn't yeah. like a roller if it's no. mine. Is there a mime festival? A mime festival. We need to look up if there's a mime festival. Um, well, I doubt we would have heard about it. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jake. Jay, you silly bitch. Um, as usual, we may already disagree with things that we've said on this episode of Midsummer. I'm caught up in trying to imagine what a mime festival's box office would look like. Is it just, <laughs> it's just, the, it's just the mime. Is it just a collection of people pressing their hands against the wall yeah. and they like reach through a really obvious hole in the wall in front of them and take your ticket? Yeah. Yeah. Which is not real. <laughs> as usual. Yes. We may already disagree, disagree with things that we've said on this episode. We mm-hmm. are human beings beings and mm. our opinions shift mm. like the sands of time. Yes. <laughs> and that's what makes theatre so wonderful. Yes. Our sandy thoughts and opinions. Of course. <laughs> yes. And friends don't let friends become theatre critics. No. No they don't. Bear that in mind moving forward. What? Is my advice. Oh bear that in mind. Sorry. Yes. There isn't a bear in your mind. Wasn't no. Oh what? Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. Alright. Mm. Um, well yeah. Um, as always thank you dear listener for joining us on this journey. Mm. Um, and if you've enjoyed the midsummer writing, write in. Let us know what your experience was like. We want to hear about it. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, Yep. <laughs> and yeah, let us know if you're doing anything theatrically. We'd love to come and see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um anyway, yeah, speak to you super soon, I hope. And that's it. And that's <laughs> it. That's all she wrote. Midsummerized. Midsummer. Oh my god, I'm gonna miss it, Jake. Let's let's mem- let's think about it. Let's just think about midsummer. I can see the stars getting blurry. When we ride back home in the Surrey Riding slowly home in the Surrey With the fringe on top I can feel the day getting older feel a sleepy head near my shoulder nodding drooping close to my shoulder till it falls